Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander on the Eagle Hour. Glad that you're with us on our Super Talk Mississippi network of stations from coast to coast, border to border in the great Magnolia State. Bob Getty, back from a little rest and relaxation, will be joining us in the second half hour when we talk about Southern Miss's uh, loss at Western Kentucky on Saturday, where the Eagles go from here and try to get you ready for the upcoming week. We'll be talking football in our second half hour. Luke Johnson's still on the mend from the C word. Oh, COVID got him. He put that out on social media last week, and uh, he's getting better. We are pleased to report. I'm telling you, if you haven't had this thing, you do not want it. Uh, use the brain that God gave you. All right, and take responsible measures to protect yourself because I'm telling you, after you have it, you go, gosh, if there was a way, I could have prevented it. And you and there, and there is a way that, that you could have prevented it. So just remember all those sorts of things. The first segment brought to you by our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, wherever you are. There's never a Dickie's Barbecue Pit that's not too far away. With Thanksgiving coming up, why not leave some of the cooking to Dickie's? Of course, because of COVID-19 and social distancing, we're hearing from a lot of people that Thanksgiving dinners are going to be a lot smaller. You know, a 20-pound bird, you might not need a 20-pound bird for just uh, three or four of you. So Dickie's got all sorts of great side dishes and uh, never a charge for the great aroma as you drive by. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud to be a sponsor, and we are proud to have them along on the Eagle Hour. In our first segment and second segment today, we talk Golden Eagle basketball with men's assistant coach Kyle Roan. The men's basketball schedule dropped last Thursday, and as we look at uh, home-type home situations, the Golden Eagles will get home series against UTEP. Those, again, will be Friday-Saturday games. Middle Tennessee will come to Hattiesburg. So will North Texas. And so will Florida Atlantic. The Owls will fly over. Then the Eagles will have road series with UAB, UTSA, Rice, and FIU. Don't have to play Old Dominion. Don't have to play Marshall. Don't have to play Western Kentucky. And those are all projected to be some of the stronger teams in the league. But with that, we go to the uh, Super Talk Mississippi hotline with Coach Kyle Rohn. Coach Rohn, good afternoon to you. Thanks, Kelly. Good afternoon to you. Hey, man, it's always good to talk uh, Golden Eagle basketball. You guys will begin right around Thanksgiving. Actually, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, you guys will be up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where no doubt there will be a little nip in the air there for a a basketball tournament that the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee will be hosting. And then you open the home schedule on Wednesday, December 2nd against William Carey. First things first, Coach, how are things going? And tell us about how COVID protocols have, um, have been affecting the way you've been able to do your jobs. You know, you know, Kelly, obviously everything you said is absolutely true. We're kind of in control of what we can control. Um, um, obviously, our whole world's in a pandemic, and we're making the best of it. Uh, our, our administration and, and uh, every, everybody on campus that's tied to uh, giving us the best situation that we can be put in in terms of healthy and safety of our young men uh, has been second to none. So I'd, I'd like to say we've had a really, a really productive preseason. Um, 
because we have been able to be active for the most part as a as a complete unit, as a complete team. And as I talk to colleagues around the country, there's some teams that have just gotten on the floor last week, or maybe some teams that have have uh, cannot have any contact. Maybe all one on zero type workouts. So, so in a nutshell, I want to be real positive about about how we've been been able to function uh, through this pandemic that we're in uh, uh so we, we we've kind of been business as usual other than you know we we have masks and we 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 sanitize locker room we we sanitize basketballs we we preach uh, we preach cleanliness and washing of hands all you know all, all the time so doing doing the general things keeping keeping meetings down to a bare minimum and when we do meet we spread out in the in the coliseum so with, with those things being said i think it's been a little further ahead than than what I hear a lot of people having to go through. And we talked about the the home and away schedules and initially Conference USA was going to have a Thursday Saturday double header at wherever the home location was. Then they moved it to a a Friday Saturday. Your thoughts on the way it came down now Kyle and it is set in stone Thursdays Fridays. Man that's a lot of work in a short period of time. You know, you know it is, and, and and obviously, I think my thoughts share kind of what most of the head coaches uh, uh, thought as as they came up with ideas, and and the league presented ideas, and ultimately it got to the points of our ads and presidents voting on it. But the general consensus was, whatever it took for us to play, and whatever it took for us to have a season, and 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 if if, if one model initially the Thursday, Saturday. Uh, team playing the same team at the same site. If that was what meant for for us to play, then then consensusly everybody said let let's do it. Then then the proposal about a week later was brought down to hey let's play Friday Saturday back to back. I think that the rationale of that Kelly was to you know uh, limit maybe the the time in a place uh, might be better. Uh, and obviously we had to look at the 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 functionality of playing back to back. So the conference uh, a lot of people don't know put in a. 21-hour rule. There has to be a minimum of a 21-hour turnaround. Uh, say, for example, if you play at 7 o'clock on Friday night, you can't play before 4. That obviously is for the health and safety of the of the athlete as well. Um, and, and at the same time, it, it's made to where hopefully teams can get out of that city and get back home on a Sunday night without another without another stay. So, in a nutshell, those are all the things that were kind of put into the decision. Um, as a coach, obviously, you'd like that middle day to, to get him to to get a little uh, heads up on whether it was uh, you come off a you come off a win and you want to sharpen up a few things uh, to, to to get to over the weekend, or, or, or whether you drop the first one and and you want to make make changes to where you can make sure you salvage that weekend series. So you know that day in between means a lot as a coach. But but hey, you know we go back to us wanting to play and. Wanting to get out there, we're you know it's it's nothing different for us to kind of burn a little mid- midnight oil, so to speak, which will really become very relevant in those series and and, and do the best we can. And because it's going to be a lot of mental turnarounds, not you, you can't really get up on Saturday morning and do a whole lot uh, after you've just played that morning. So it's going to be a lot of meetings and a lot of strategy and some hotel ballrooms or some uh, uh, walkthroughs of the day of the game and. And, uh, and 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 we'll have to play that next day in a really quick turnaround. Yeah, and I was thinking just if if one of your your Golden Eagle players you know turns an ankle really badly, he might not just be out for half of the first game, but but you know if the ankle turn hypothetically is bad enough, you wouldn't even get him the next day because of the quick turnaround time, and then you got 
COVID too, if people have to be, you know, quarantined. But but the bottom line is it's going to be the same for everybody. It's just one of those things. You know, you're right. And that exact uh, example that you used about the ankle um, was discussed and, and, and kind of has been thrown out and, and you brought something else in. You know, say you're already limited based on COVID, you know, and you, you maybe hopefully nobody has to. But if you're playing on that very limited number, it can it can be a, a, a huge factor in, 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 in a lot of different uh, scales in terms of the way your roster could be limited. But, you know, knock on wood, we, we hope we can keep those uh, uh, distractions, so to speak, uh, or to a minimum and, uh, you know, and do the best we can. And, you know, and, and, and you see sports do it now. You see football having to do it now, and it's going to translate to our sport. There's going to be some some combinations and some personnel that, that maybe either when recruited or when practice started that you, you may not think is out there, but, but but life's going to hand us that hand us that situation, and we've got to uh, we've got to respond to it. So, and, and and we're not at a competitive disadvantage to our league opponent because we're all following the same rules. So that that's what makes it makes it okay to just kind of uh, you know make the best of what we what we've been dealt with. Southern Miss men's assistant basketball coach Kyle Rohn is with us here on the Eagle Hour as we get ready for the upcoming uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagle basketball season. We talked about them opening in a tournament in Milwaukee, Wisconsin against North Dakota State in Milwaukee. That's the weekend after Thanksgiving and then the home opener on Wednesday, December 2nd against uh, William Carey. Non-conference games against Southern Illinois. They'll play the, the Salukis up in Carbondale on the 5th of December and then they will also go to New Orleans to play the Tulane Green Wave. Then they come back to Reed Green on December 12th to play South Alabama, then over to Beaumont, Texas, December 15th to play Lamar, and then a game at Reed Green Coliseum on December 19th against ULM. I really like that non-district, uh, the non-district, non-conference schedule, Coach, and a lot of those teams are just uh, really driving distance if you want to go, other than the one in Carbondale. I mean, you could certainly go to New Orleans. Beaumont's not that far away. And the teams that are coming to Hattiesburg, their fans could come here. ULM and, and South Al are pretty close. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. And uh, even if you take uh, some of the games that were chopped off based on our uh, the, the four games that the NCAA cut off, you know, the, the when they uh, moved the starting date to the 25th, uh, you know, we, we also had Louisiana Lafayette in there and uh, – had a you know a non-league non-league a non-division one opponent and then we were you know at TCU and so those were those were some very very geographical uh, in terms of uh, scheduling so I, I agree with you and I, and I think that's good for us I think it's good for our fans in terms of recognition and, and geography. Well, the preseason coaches poll is out in Conference USA. I was shocked at where the Golden Eagles were voted to finish by the coaches. We'll tell you where and get Coach Kyle Rohn's reaction when the Eagle Hour continues after this commercial break. Southern Miss to the top. Back on the Eagle Hour on this Monday. Can you believe Thanksgiving is a week from Thursday? It's hard to believe everybody will start coming to town. And can Thanksgiving will look a little different this year, I'm sure, because of, of COVID. But then, of course, after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas time. And what better place to shop than Campus Bookmart? 
Net Campus Book Mart is the large yellow building right across from the main entrance to the campus at Southern Miss. And they're advertising now the, the new Under Armour selection of uh, Southern Miss swag they've got there. You know, the long sleeve um, shirts that let the basketball players will, you know, wear in warm-ups and things like that. So you want to get in the, in the groove, get all your Southern Miss swag, anything they can put a Golden Eagle logo on, they've got it at Campus Bookmart. And they're open 24-7 online, this crazy, wacky, madcap internet thing campusbookmart.net and don't worry if you're a big boy like me they've got your size they'll have it for you we thank them for sponsoring the eagle hour continuing our discussion with men's assistant basketball coach kyle roan about not only the schedule that dropped last week but about the team going forward and i mentioned going into the break that when the preseason poll came out last week i i I honestly was shocked now i didn't think that the golden eagles would be voted first place by any means but i certainly did not expect them to come in second to last and maybe it's just because i'm a little bit closer to the situation and know some of the guys that have come into town but kyle roan what what was y'all's reaction when you found out that the and i know polls are simply for entertainment purposes and whatnot but i i was i was shocked i really was well you know obviously uh when you ask about our reaction you know obviously we're going to kind of um we sort of okay with that in a sense in terms of uh, uh, psychologically for our for our players. Um, you know, those, those polls sometimes uh, do not take in consideration, you know, maybe maybe the, the impact uh, that, that uh, new players will have on your program or maybe guys sitting out or, or red shirts, things like that. And I think that's the the, the undersize of our of our program, which I think is going to be is going to be beneficial to us. Now, uh, what I mean by that is we have four returning scholarship players. Um, uh, you know, so you you have a uh, quite a new squad in terms of uh, of of numbers with a with a big spectrum. You know, we got we got two guys that sat out last year, like uh, three JC guys, one one four year transfer, five freshmen. So. When you when you put that mix in there, Kelly, it's it's really young, and uh, the the transition to Division One game is huge, especially for a freshman, and it's and it's very big transition from even junior college to Division One. So uh, even now in our in our in our practices, you can see, you know, the 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 transition that some of them are having to make, and and the answer to how wrong. Uh, that poll can be, and, and I say that in, in a positive way. That I hope the poll's wrong, and, and our answer to that is how how fast those guys grow up to and translate their games translate to to be an impactful in, in Division One basketball, and that, and that's what we're doing right now as coaches is trying to put ourselves and our players in in those situations, and uh, and and that's where the the cutting the season shorter is going to affect a team like ours. Like we could be heading to Milwaukee, Kelly, with four games and two exhibitions. Behind us, right. we don't have those six games to to grow with, and uh, and and you know maybe two exhibitions that won't count toward us that we can get some of those bugs out that happens with new guys and and uh, when the lights come on, and uh, so you know. But again, everybody has to do it. That's what uh, it's not like we we have a Southern Miss rule that's any different. Every other Division One team is going through it too. So uh, that that's the key, I think, why we were voted a little lower just because of our. our uh, you know the the amount of what we had lost and what we had coming back. Of course, so, on the other uh, side of the coin, it's 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 the epitome of uh, bulletin board material, isn't it? And and that's and that's what we've turned it into as a positive with our team, as I said earlier. That yeah. that's what that's what we're doing. You know, hey, here's what the here's what the coaches thought of you. 
and um, and that's that's we're using that in returners and 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 to our incoming kids that uh, hey this is this is this is material this is this should be motivation so that's exactly what we've done with it all right so with the number of new guys on the team tell us about the logistics of you know developing your starting five even though that's always subject to change uh the development of chemistry it's a lot of people to have to mold together in a, in a relatively short period of time that, that, that's true uh, but you know you know kelly in a in, in a in a overall scheme of things we do that every year and uh and you do that uh like you said there's nothing really set in stone so to speak in that but obviously things different combinations do emerge but uh, you know, there's a certain level of talent level that you recruit every year uh, that that you know can make that transition, and, and we think we have some of those guys. And we're just trying to work them into it. We would just like for them to have seen the Division One game at, at, a, at a at a at a pace where we could grow through our schedule. Well, you know, when we make the schedule, we didn't think about starting with with these games in, in Milwaukee. You know, that we we make those to to happen as we get a little flow. Well, now that's what life and, and the game of basketball and, and the era we're in now has been given. So, so those guys have to grow up really, really fast. And uh, we have to, we have to put, put those guys in situations and, and practices because for the first time, it's really going to count, um, you know, that, that, that Saturday and Sunday in Milwaukee. So that's where I go back to you recruit a certain level of kids. So we know, we know it can happen and you know, you can, you just would like for them to have seen and get some look at the division one game, you know, before you get started. But, uh, we don't have that, so we, we like to rely on rely on our guys' uh, talent level and skill level, and, and 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 it's been our job to try to put that together with certain combinations and uh, and, and and get to that point a little faster than what we what we thought we were going to from the beginning. All right, Kyle Roan. So if I ask you for the elevator speech, which is if you get in an elevator and somebody asks what you do for a living, on the way down you have about thirty seconds to really explain to people what you do. <laughs> describe <laughs> describe it as an elevator talk this team. Just kind of give us an overview of the strengths and, and weaknesses just on paper. You know, I think the strengths of our team right off the bat is going to be uh, uh, a couple guys that we have returning. Ladavia Strain, who's seen the league year after year after year, uh, seemed like he's been here forever. Love the kid. Steady Eddie, just is every single day. He's the same Ladavia Strain. Tyler Stevenson, I, I thought really emerged last year. Is going to be going to kind of be the anchor, and then we're going to put 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 some guys around them. You know, we we've got a, a Jay Malone who's returning, who played half a year last year, who had some success early, and then. And then we throw in all our new guys. You know, you've got some junior college guys that are gonna that are gonna help us. Uh, there's some true freshmen that are gonna help us, um, and and just a, a mix. But we really, really gonna rely on those guys because it's so new that the Tyler Stevenson is the Ladavius is drained. You know, even even Clay Weatherspoon, Jay Malone, all of them have had a bait of being around here a long time. And, that's what we're going to have to rely on uh, to, to pull to pull these guys up at a, at a fast rate. Man, you talk about pressure when when you're Ladavius Drain and you're a good basketball <laughs> player and your last name is Drain. <laughs> when, when you release it, you have no other route it can go other than in, right? Here. No, you're hoping. I mean, like I said, that's pressure. That's like being a football player with your last name touchdown. You know, you you got some expectations that are riding heavy on you now because of of, of COVID. Um, there's going to be limited seating this year, and and the way most schools have been doing it, and I think uh, they did that at, for football at, at Southern Miss. Is season ticket holders are going to get first shot, so no reason not to to lock down your your season tickets. Now you know before the before the season gets going. 
Absolutely, because I think it's going to get minimized. I, I want to say I heard a figure of maybe fifteen percent, maybe twelve hundred. Uh, don't hold me to that. I think those are some of the some of the numbers I've heard. Uh, all of the courtside seating will be removed, along with the first several seats in uh, in the in the arena will be removed. So be a little further away. So so the tighter we could get it uh, with the ones that are in there, the the, the better feel, the better discomfort for uh, opponents that we would have and I, and I mean I don't mean to overstate the obvious but people have said well how come they they were allowing a higher percentage for football and well the obvious answer is you're outside okay so you've got the the advantage of the, the wind and things like that where the CDC will tell you that the numbers of covid you know transmissions catching it outdoors are much less than than indoors and uh, as as raucous as Reed Green can get it's still indoors. Uh, they, they can't uh, remove the roof, you know, or slide it in and out, you know, as, as need be. So uh, just take the doubt away and just get your, get your season tickets. Uh, Cardiovascular-wise, how long does it take for the guys to, to you know, cardiovascular-wise get in shape and ready for a season? You know, you know that, that that part's been good. You know, we we we've we've been able to be started even even back as early as July, and uh, and then we we uh, the kids went home for just a little bit. And August twenty seventh, when we started back school, we NCAA allows us to kind of start there uh, in terms of just some certain amount of hours with a strength coach and with conditioning. So they kind of build up, and now that now that we're in practice, uh, they kind of they kind of have themselves there through all the resources we got and the ability we've, we've been given, but. But basketball kind of gets them there, so I, I think I think I think we're I think we're in pretty good shape in that in that regard. Boy, and if you haven't seen Reed Green Coliseum lately, you talk about not a hair out of place. It looks like it's ready for Easter Sunday church, doesn't it? I mean, it's <laughs> it's looking good. Well, I, I know, and I know, I know our new our new court. And uh, uh, thanks again to our, our, our administration, the people in the physical plan, and then our our new lighting system. I, I think you'll see some some really good things, and it's it's really. It really makes an impression on you when you when you step in and, and look down on it. And we talked about the home series that that they have, but they do have a one split series. That's one game at home and one game away. That's with La Tech. The game, uh, the first game in that series will be the 28th of January at Reed Green, and then they turn around Saturday the 30th and go back to Ruston. That's the only Conference USA team that they'll split with. Everything else, they'll either have two on the road or two at home. Can't get here soon enough, Kyle Roan, and men's assistant basketball coach. We always appreciate you uh, taking time with us, and uh, we're with you all the way, babe. Thanks so much. Thank you for the opportunity, Kelly. Appreciate you. You bet, Kyle. We'll talk to you soon. On the other side of the commercial break, we'll be talking to Bob Getty from his home in kind of a turnabout fair play. We'll talk about the Western Kentucky football game this past weekend. The list of consolations, cancellations rather, for this coming weekend are already starting to develop. Just a lot of stuff to talk about with Bob Getty. He'll join us when the Eagle Hour continues. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good afternoon, Americans. Stay tuned for news. If you're really old, you'll get that comment. This segment of the Eagle Hour, as we continue from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, is brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It is your official pregame site. All Southern Miss fans like to go to 4th Street Bar and Grill to get ready for the big game, whether it's football or basketball. Maybe shoot a game of darts, shoot a game of pool, play some trivia. Always get together with Southern Miss fans at 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch every single weekday. That includes your soft drink. Thanks to Slade White and everybody at 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
Now joining us from his celestial palace in whereabouts unknown, as they used to say in professional wrestling, is Bob Getty himself. Now, now how does it feel, Bob, to be on the other end of the mic, having to get to work from home? Well, it's great, Kelly. Except I don't have the I don't have the domestic help that you have. It's just me and radio. Well, radio is his dog, his uh, his loyal dog. Who I'm who He's I'm asleep, by the way, Kelly. I find that I find that hard to believe, and and probably there on the couch as well. Well, Bob, a, a heartbreaking, uh, wrenching loss for Southern Miss. The turnovers at, at, at inopportune times, ten to seven. Boy, if you bet the under in that game, you're you're looking pretty good. A lot of people thought that was going to be a, a high scoring contest, but um, you just have to to feel bad for the Eagles because I mean you can see that they're they're really trying things. Sooner or later, things have got to turn around, wouldn't you think? Or maybe not. I don't know. I agree with you 100%, Kelly, and I don't, I don't think all year long I've had really more sympathy for those kids than I did this past Saturday. You know, I sat there watching, and I don't think they lost because of the lack of effort. I think they were given 150% effort. But, you know, I couldn't help but think they've had two coaches quit on them, a quarterback has quit on them, defensive players they were counting on at the start of the year opted out and, uh, and quit on them, and yet – the ones that are left continue to give absolutely everything they have. And, uh, you know, again, I'm sure you agree they didn't lose from a lack of effort, but it is difficult to watch. And, uh, I think, you know, everything is hurt, but certainly the, the loss of uh, Jack Abraham and, and his decision, uh, to, you know, to, to forego the rest of the year uh, really, really showed Saturday. Uh, offense is, is a real struggle right now. And and I want to I want to talk more about that. The decision by Jack Abraham. Every look, everybody can certainly make their own decision, and they need to do what's what's best for them. But but I was talking to some other Eagle fans this weekend, and people who were critical of Jack were saying, "Well, why you know why are people being critical of Jack when other players opted out at the beginning of the year?" And here's kind of kind of what I said: like it or not. The quarterback position, there is much more expected from. The quarterback is usually the emotional leader of a football team, any football team at any level. And I think that's the same with Jack Abraham. And when your captain, so to speak, jumps ship, you know, with all, and it would have been different had the season not started. But the season is, you know, you're in the middle of the season now. It's not going as anybody had hoped. So you have to go, hmm, the timing of the decision was certainly auspicious, if nothing else. The quarterback position, the expectations are different. You're, you're the captain of the ship, and you, if the ship goes down, you've got to go down with it. That's why the decision that Jack made when he made it was different than the guys who started at the beginning of the year. Is that a fair argument? No, I agree 100%. And I think that everyone on the team counted on him. And, uh, you know, he, the quarterback gets all the glory when things are good, right? Right. The quarterback has got to be there when things are bad. Uh, they have to see the quarterback come on the field and give his best effort in every game. And I, I would just think that that was just a tremendous blow to him. Kelly, I don't guess I fully understand the opt-out deal. I mean, can you go this late in the year and then just announce you're not going to play any more games and then have your full year of eligibility again next year? That's my understanding. Because of the COVID protocols and so on, you can, uh, you can do that. And, and I guess any, anybody can do that at any one of the Division One schools. So it's not like it's a, a special exemption for, for Jack Abraham. But you just have to wonder, in these type scenarios, what will the reaction be next year? 
you know, if Jack shows up, if Jack comes and says, hey, I'm back, you know, well, there might be, there might be some guys that aren't real happy with that. You, might, you hope you not. Work together. We work together too much, Kelly. That's exactly what I was just thinking when you said that. You know, are the guys going to want back next year as a quarterback? You have a new coaching staff, a new fresh start. Are you going to want the quarterback back that, that left you? You know, with four or five games left in the season, I think that's a really valid question. Well, and I and I hope that that calmer heads will prevail, and that guys will say, "Look, you know, we respect the fact that you did that. You felt that was in your best interest. You hope, you hope that calmer heads will prevail." Right now, Bob, uh, most of the bold prognosticators are guessing that five. Conference USA teams are going to get bowl invitations at this point. Uh, a lot of them have the December 21st game, the Myrtle Beach Bowl in South Carolina, pitting FAU against Coastal Carolina. That would be, that would be a, a battle of two good defenses. Then December 23rd and in Montgomery, Alabama, they're projecting that Liberty will play UAB, and UAB is probably the only Conference USA team that Liberty hasn't played yet. <laughs> this year so and right and beaten then uh, december 23rd la tech against louisiana lafayette in new orleans boy would that be a would that be a draw that's a good matchup yeah that'd be a good matchup yeah in, in new orleans i would think that um i would think just just a hunch i would think that alcohol sales would be brisk that weekend <laughs> Latte. No, not, not people from Louisiana. <laughs> in, in New Orleans. And then December 26th, UTSA against TCU is the projection for the First Responders Bowl in Dallas. And then the big one, which January 1st, any, any college football team that gets to play on January 1st is pretty good. And, of course, the team that we're talking about is Marshall, now ranked 15th in the country, undefeated on the season so far. If they don't get into the you know, into the big six or whatever, then they're projecting that Marshall would play Missouri in Birmingham, Missouri of the SEC. So your, your thought on, on at La Tech is kind of the newcomer to that group. The, the other four have kind of been projected as bowl teams all along, but now La Tech joins them. Any major surprises there, Bob? Well, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I'm sure that would draw a big crowd. Uh, in New Orleans, uh, that would be a, obviously a game of great interest in, in the state of Louisiana. Uh, I, I think that uh, we can all be a little bit surprised by UTSA. I mean, I think they've been better than we thought. But uh, I think the story of the year has got to be Marshall. And you and I were talking a little bit earlier this morning, Kelly, about the stability that that coach has brought to the Marshall program. And I know you did a great show last week about the 50th anniversary of that terrible tragedy. But don't you think that what you see at Marshall is the result of stability from a coaching staff and a continuity uh, that, that, that is what Southern Miss has, in all honesty, lacked since the days of Jeff Bauer? But uh, you're not agree that, that Marshall is the story of the year in Conference USA, and, and you want to see them get a New Year's Day Bowl. I think everything you said is is right on target, and I think uh, the Jeff Bauer equation, I think a lot of people now are – and, of course – Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but a lot of people, I think, were kind of going, mm, how did that work out? Um, not, not so well, I think, as, as history will, uh, will teach us. The cancellations of games this weekend, Bob, the list is already growing, and, and one of them involves Conference USA. The UAB at UTEP game has been postponed because of, uh, because of COVID. Poor UTEP just can't get a game in 
Now, they did, they did play at San Antonio this weekend. It got blown out by the Roadrunners. The bad news is, of course, Southern Miss now has to take on the Roadrunners. And the early line on that game has Southern Miss getting only three points at home against UTSA. That surprises me a little bit. But other games on the cancellation list, Miami of Ohio at Ohio, that maction scheduled for tomorrow night has been postponed. Arizona State at Colorado will not play. The head coach of Arizona State, um, Herm Edwards, has been diagnosed with COVID. And then Ole Miss and Texas A&M, a big SEC showdown. That game has already been postponed. Ole Miss will not play at Texas A&M this week. And, of course, it's probably more important for Texas A&M because they're still in the hunt for, uh, for an SEC bid. But when you look at the four remaining games that Southern Miss has on the schedule, Bob, they've got the, the Roadrunners coming to Hattiesburg on Saturday. Then they've got UAB the day after Thanksgiving over at UAB. Then they go to UTEP and then end the season with FAU. Fair to say that the only team they're probably going to be favored to beat would be UTEP, and that's going to be a road game. Yes, and I don't think that's going to be an easy draw. I mean, I think yeah. UTEP's an improved team, and they're playing at home. It's uh, it's just been a gloomy year, Kelly, and, uh, you know, what we need to do is, I guess, just play the season out and uh, and see what Jeremy McLean has up his sleeve. Uh, in the week that I've been gone, uh, have you heard any uh, rumors or Anything substantial as to who might be a favorite for the new coaching position? I I have not, but that's an awesome segue, Bob Getty, because after this commercial break coming up, I'm going to throw out a few names who have not been mentioned yet, but fit all the criteria that Jeremy McClain is looking for. These are names that when you hear them, you'll go, hmm, that does make sense. But we haven't heard their names yet. And again, I don't know anything that you don't know, but it's certainly some food for thought. We'll also go over the first Massey ratings in college basketball. A little more love for Conference USA in basketball than in football. We'll also look at some Southern Miss performances yesterday in the National Football League. Bob, good to talk to you. Take care. We'll see you soon. All right, Kelly. Talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Bob Getty on the Eagle Hour. We'll be back with our final segment. These businesses that sponsor the show, if you have a need for their products and services, we hope that you'll patronize them as they do us. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Monday. Is it the 16th today, Michael? Yeah, why not? 16th of November. Michael Mergens producing and engineering on the program today. We thank him for that effort. This segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located a stone's throw from our studios in West Hattiesburg. It's on Highway 98, 544-9630, 544-9630. If you push those numbers on your phone, another human being will pick up on the other line and you actually get to talk to them. This is pretty much for the millennials who just do nothing but text. <laughs> you can call them and talk about... Uh, you know, your, your new vehicle, certified pre-owned vehicles. Toyota of Hattiesburg, you know, quality never goes out of style. And that's why Toyota is always listed at the top when it comes to performance and reliability. You know, when it comes to your automobile, automobile nothing more frustrating than one 
that breaks down, well, Toyotas run like tops, always have, always will, and we appreciate them being part of the program. Now, we talked going into the commercial break, the coaching search at Southern Miss continues, and of course, the names of Kane Womack, the defensive coordinator at Indiana, whose defense shut out Michigan State this past weekend, so Kane Womack's name's getting traction. Coach at Coastal Carolina, who's now being mentioned at South Carolina because Will Muschamp was fired over the weekend, so he might not be available. Hugh Freeze, of course, graduated from Southern Miss. He's at Liberty. His name is in the mix at South Carolina. But a couple of things that Coach Jeremy McLean, the athletic director at Southern Miss, talked about wanting in a coach was one with experience as a head coach. Now, Kane Womack, defensive coordinator at Indiana, has never been a head coach. Offense uh, quarterback coach with the, the Seattle um, Seahawks, Austin Davis, has been talked about maybe as an offensive coordinator, no expense, uh, no experience rather as a head coach. Here's a couple of names that you haven't heard. And again, just because we do this show doesn't mean that we have access to any more information than you have. So I'm not, I'm not trying to bait you here. I'm just saying these are a couple of names that check all the boxes that Coach Jeremy McLean would be looking for and might be available. Because one is a head coach at a smaller school whose team is quietly having a terrific season, and the other one is a defensive coordinator in Conference USA but has, has been a head coach at a large school. Okay, you ready? All right, the first one's Jim McElwain. Jim McElwain, who is now at Central Michigan. All right, has experience at, at other big-time football you know, programs as head coach and assistant coach. But coaching in the MAC now, you would think financially he's attainable. He's gettable. The Chippewas are having a great year. Now, he's not fresh out of the box. Okay, he's not, he's not one of these uh, 30-somethings. A little bit older guy. But has experience, is a proven winner, and would check all those boxes. The other one, if you're looking for now an, an older school kind of guy, Jim Levitt comes to mind. Jim Levitt is the defensive coordinator at FAU. The Owls have the top-ranked defense in Conference USA. Well, right behind Marshall. All right, so they're second in Conference USA, but ranked, ranked in the top 30 in college football All right, at Florida Atlantic. Jim Levitt used to coach at South Florida, was a head coach there. Again, uh, not a younger guy, has been around the block a time or two, but is a winner, more hold, hard, hard knock kind of guy, old school kind of guy, has head coaching experience. And again, I'm not saying either one of these guys May not even be interested, but I'm just saying those are two names that we haven't heard about that, that would, might be a good fit for Southern Miss. Jim McElwain at Central Michigan, Jim Levitt, the defensive coordinator at Florida Atlantic. This weekend in the National Football League, uh, we'll take a look at some Southern Miss guys, really only a couple guys with uh, some statistics to note. Nick Mullins, of course. Quarterback in the 49ers yesterday in New Orleans. The Saints have now won six in a row. They beat the 49ers yesterday, but Nick went 24 for 38. Percentage-wise, pretty doggone good. Did throw a touchdown. Unfortunately, had two picks in that game. But again, against New Orleans, not too, you know, not too bad. New Orleans defense, pretty good. And then DeMichael Harris for the Colts. 
there, uh, last Thursday, one pass for 21 yards. The Colts and Titans in that uh, AFC South, that was a big win for Indianapolis in that game with D-Mike coming up with um, one reception, 21 yards. The latest uh, and first for the year, Massey Ratings basketball poll came out today. And according to the Massey Ratings, North Texas is the best team in Conference USA. This is men's basketball now. There are 357 teams that play Division I basketball. And according to the Massey Ratings, North Texas is the best team in Conference USA, checking in 96th. La Tech is ranked second at 110. Western Kentucky at 114. Marshall at 127. Then comes Old Dominion at 141 and Charlotte at 164. That's in the upper half of the league. Okay, the upper half of the nation are those teams in Conference USA. Unfortunately, out of the 357, Southern Miss ranked last by the Massey ratings at 231. But overall, the league, much more love and respect in basketball than in football. That'll do it for this Monday edition. Bob Getty will rejoin us tomorrow. So will our buddy Luke Johnson. We are so glad to hear that he is uh, on the mend and recovering from COVID. We hope that he will join us tomorrow. For Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Thanks for joining us. Until we talk to you tomorrow, we always end the show by saying Southern Miss. To the top. To the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.